How's it going, guys? It's me, Brandon Matula. Matula. And I'm Thomas Hicks. Um, it's been a while. It's been a while, you guys. So, um, as some of you may or may not know, uh, last week was Thanksgiving. We did eat ham and turkey and vegetables, potatoes, all that good stuff. And alongside that, we took a week off. Um, we decided to do that because we were both really busy with family and our schoolwork because we both did have schoolwork over the break, as well as just normal uh, work, our jobs. So um, we were pretty booked. Usually we can, you know, we can uh, balance it all. But uh, with the family side being there, we were pretty booked. But we're back now. We're back in the full swing of things. And honestly, it was good because... We improved a little bit more about the podcast. We talked a little bit more about it, what we wanted to do. So it was it was nothing but beneficial. Plus, I know you guys were busy too. So um, we wanted to make sure that you guys uh, spend time with your families and uh, you know, ready for us. Now we're back in the groove, back in a good system, in a good pattern to get hot this Absolutely. week back in your lives. Uh, Brandon, how, how was your Thanksgiving? How are you feeling, buddy? It was great. Um, I got to spend time with my family and my pretty much my family alone. Like We haven't done that in a while like we usually go to uh, another part of our family's house or something to celebrate. But this time around, we just didn't. We just hung out with each other, and it was great. How was your Thanksgiving? Mine was good as well. I was working on Thanksgiving, so that that's never fun. But everyone was in a good mood, which is, which is good. Um, and I got to see my family, and, and I got to see Brandon as well. So two big, three big dubs, you know, right there, making money, family, and friends. Uh, Brent, how were the football games, Brandon? Were they any good? Yeah, um, that Cowboy game was really fun, and even the uh, the game between uh, the Lions and I forgot oh the Bears. Yeah, that game Ooh. was even entertaining. So, uh, yeah, it was just a great break all round. I'm just excited to get back into it. I'm sure you are too, Tommy. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's been a great break. Uh, Gosh, like you asked me about the football games and you're probably referring to the NFL, but oh my mm-hmm. gosh, were there some implications this weekend for college <laughs> football? We'll definitely dive into those in our sports episode, but uh, mm-hmm. it's a little sneak peek for y'all. It's going to be an epic episode because it's going to be the conference championship special. Mm-hmm. So uh, can't wait to get to that on that day. But for now, it's pop culture day. Yeah, let's, let's get into it. it. What do we got let's today, Tommy? So today we're going to run through a few films that I didn't get to talk to on or talk about uh, on two weeks ago, our, our last um, Hot This Week pop culture episode, which was also our season three opener for anyone who doesn't know. It was uh, House of Gucci. Didn't get a chance to talk about House of Gucci, but I wanted to. Uh, so we're going to do House of Gucci. I'm going to do Ghostbusters. Brandon and I are both going to talk about King Richard. Pretty cool because Brandon has played tennis. Um, and I love movies, so boom, there you go. Um, as well as, I'm not sure if I talked about Belfast. I'll just give a quick minute review on Belfast. If I have, awesome. If not, it deserves another praise, especially because that's looking like the Oscar nominee right now. I know that that company and Kenneth Brock is really pushing that film uh, for, for Best Picture. So uh, we'll get to all of that. Um, as well as, and this is exciting, and we're gonna get, and we're gonna, we're gonna talk about everything under the sun as far as this movie goes. Not because I want to milk it, but because I, I've, you guys know, I'm not a huge Marvel guy, but I'm hooked. 
I'm with all the hype. I'm hooked in this movie. If you haven't guessed by now, come on, guys. It's Spider-Man No Way Home. Um, Marvel fans are, are, you know, excited and non-Marvel fans are excited. If, if someone, if you go up to someone who doesn't like Marvel, you can use me as an example and say, are you excited? And they say, no, they're lying. Tony, right now, <clears throat> they're lying. Like everyone's pumped for this movie. Spider-Man is such a relatable character, teenager in high school, kind of awkward. Um, but he really is a good kid that wants to do good. And that's the case for a lot of, you know, that's the case for a lot of people that we both know and love as well as ourselves. You know, we have a little bit of Spider-Man's a little bit of everybody. Um, so he's very relatable man or woman, you know, teenager, adult child. He's just very relatable. Um, but we will get to that. That'll be our last topic. Um, because there is some not research, but there are some statistics if we are getting into that topic, um, which we will be. And I'm looking forward to it. So, you know, the hype has officially started with Spider-Man, but I'm not, I'm not going to get ahead of myself. You know, we're going to stick to the schedule and we're going to save hopefully the best for life. I hope the entire episode is considered the best right every point. But let's be, you know, being realistic, saving, saving the best for last. Um, so, yeah, House of Gucci. Start with that review. Just going to be real quick. You know, I'm going to respect y'all's time. Um, I, I liked the film House of Gucci. I thought it was a fine film. And this is important to talk about because a lot of people did not. So a lot of people, they're saying pretty negative things about House of Gucci. You know, they didn't like the pacing. They didn't like the acting. They thought the story was weak. They thought it was all slopped together. They didn't know what kind of film it wanted to be. And I don't know if I agree with that. I really don't. Um, Because I thought it was fine. In fact, for a film as long as it is, I thought the pacing was pretty well done. I thoroughly enjoyed the pacing. Um, I thought it was pretty, it's two and a half hour film, if not longer. I thought it was good. I had a good time. I thought it was cool. Um, as you guys probably know by now, if you, if you keep along with House Gucci and, you know, pop culture, uh, Lady Gaga is the front runner of the film. And there were a few criticisms with her performance, um, which is usual and typical. Um, I personally thought her performance was fine. I didn't have any major criticisms. I thought she had a good performance. Um, I thought she was a little over the top, but the thing is, I, you know, Ridley Scott is such a, I mean, come on, he's like, what, 80 years old or something? That dude's, he's been around the block. Ridley Scott, he knows what he's doing when it comes to filmmaking. So if he thought an actor was over the top or cheesy, he would either not hire he or she, or he would tell them to not do it <laughs> and be like, hmm. hmm, okay, I noticed these things because he, he's, he, he's such an experienced director. So that being said, that means he watched the same film I did and approved of it. And that being said, he thought the acting was fine. And I, I trust Ridley Scott. When I have a problem with an actor or a problem with a certain part of the story, um, I always go, okay, I trust this filmmaker. They've made plenty of good films before. I trust that they know what they're doing and that they saw this flaw as well. Um, so Lady Gaga thought she was great. Adam Driver, probably my favorite character of the film. Um, probably my f- and probably my favorite performance all the performances were, were really good the big five being jeremy irons al pacino adam driver lady gaga and jared leto and jared leto is kind of where i draw the line because <laughs> while his acting was fine once again i've said this before and i'll say it again i do not know why they did not just cast a larger man to play his role i don't know why they had to cast jared leto in a fat suit it looked extremely unrealistic <laughs> it was this guy with very slim, sexy arms and legs, and then this fat suit. It looked like 
It looked like a model putting a pillow in his shirt and calling himself overweight. It was horrible. Um, so that really ticks me off. But, you know, the, as far as criticisms go, that's the most I can say. The story, you know, it's not complete. Like, it's not the most interesting thing in the world, right? But it was interesting for a story about how good. Because that story is crazy, man. And no, I'm not going to spoil anything, even though it's like history and you could look it up on Google. I won't spoil what happens just because, I don't know, just fun. But the story of how Gucci came about was really crazy. So, House of Gucci, guys, I say go watch it. It's not the best film out I, right now. Oh, go ahead. I have, a, que- I have a question about this real quick uh, before you close. Yeah. Um, so, a lot of people had criticism, or not really criticism, like like high praise for Lady Gaga's performance in, I forgot what movie it was. A Star is Born. A Star is Born. Uh, do you think she improved in this performance, or do you think she... Uh, regressed a little bit. Hmm. I, if I had to choose one, I would say improved just because in a star is born, her character is really different from her character in house of Gucci. And she was kind of annoying in house of Gucci. Like her character was a bit clingy, just an FYI for the ladies listening. A guy likes a clingy girl. He want and by clingy, I mean, you're texting him, you're calling him because a guy likes to know, that someone loves him because we're so men as a whole, we're just so deprived of love throughout our lives. <laughs> and that's a whole different topic. It's a good topic to talk about in November because it's a men's mental health awareness month, but you know, we, <laughs> yeah, it's, I believe so at least, but we like when girls talk to us basically <laughs> like it's as simple as that. So, and that's kind of like Lady Gaga's character, right? She's kind of flirty. She's a little over the top little spunky but she was great and so to answer your question i would say improved but i'd put an asterisk by it because she's playing a whole different character um but she's just improving her range of what she can do so i mean maybe next we'll see her in a comedy right who knows um and she was hilarious in house of gucci so that would that would fit but good question good question um she's good it's interesting because you and i brandon both grew up with her and we were like not scared of her, but she freaked us out. She was wearing the meat dress and she was wearing all these dresses and scary costumes, right? Yeah. Making <laughs> like all her music. But uh, she's making a name for herself and I'm proud of her, man. She's, it's a lot of uh, people catch a lot of slack, but she's one of those actresses um, or one of those musicians that has proven themselves, in my opinion, as an actress. So, hmm. yes, sir. Um, well, you sold me. It sounds like a really good film and, uh, Really, like, do you think they told the story really well as far as, like, its origins and everything? Mm-hmm. So I – that's a good question, too, because I'm not – I, from what I looked up on Google before and after the show, they, they kept it pretty real. And it's based on a book about what happened. And tip – you know, nine times out of ten, those films are pretty accurate. I'm going to throw out, you know, plug my favorite movie of all time. You guys know The Social Network. Uh, that's – David Fincher actually uh, – made that movie after he read the book called the accidental billionaires about Mark Zuckerberg. So usually these films are pretty accurate because they're based on books. So yeah, I would say it's like, it's yeah, it's pretty accurate, pretty darn accurate. Um, but yeah, awesome film guys. Good film. If you go and see it, I don't think you'll regret it. Some of my friends have, some of my friends have it. I think it's fun. I think it's fun. I like, it. um, and then real quickly, Belfast just wanted to say Belfast is out beautiful four by five aspect ratio, black and white film. Um, about the Protestants versus the Catholics in Ireland. 
and how they had a pro not a protest it was it was a riot is the word a riot um really good film directed and this is this is pretty cool directed by the villain in tenet yeah hmm. so the guy the bad guy in tenet the guy who john david washington and robert pattinson are trying to stop yeah that villain Ke- kenneth he's he's irish i don't think it's bernal i think it's just brong kenneth brong uh kenneth brong is the director of this film so that's pretty cool and it's a great film and they're really pushing for it for the oscars and hey if this one wins the oscar i won't be upset i was upset with nomad land i was understandable but a little upset with parasite not upset maybe not be the word that might basically i really wanted 1917 to win um but i was okay with parasite it was a foreign film and it was an excellent film parasite is excellent um you know but in the past i've been kind of let down here and there um not not too too much in the past but i have been let down but it looks like they're that if they do belfast you know there's better films out titan uh the uh, eyes of tammy faye dune spencer but belfast is okay with me if it wins the oscar um so that's all i'll say because you can't really spoil the film it's more of just something you sit down and experience rather than watch it's beautiful the ending uh the grandmother and the ending like what she was saying in front of the screen to the audience has stuck with me ever since and i highly recommend seeing that film if you have the chance so belfast um and then real quickly we're gonna get because i know brandon wants to talk about king richard and i want to talk about too i think that's what's going to take up a a decent portion of our time so real quick before we get into king richard i also saw ghostbusters afterlife um and i'll keep this brief i hated this movie (laughs) yeah i hated this movie i thought it was horrible guys that goodness so many plot holes so many things that did not make sense um there it's it does not add up the film just does not add up <laughs> the mother in the movie is upset because and i'm not going to spoil anything for anyone who hasn't seen even the original ghostbusters i'll keep it 100 percent spoiler free so i'll say this the main mother you know in the movie her grandfather who has passed away who was a part of the ghostbusters if that kind of hopefully doesn't reveal too much um she's upset because her dad or her dad excuse me her dad her dad didn't leave her her house like the the house in, in his will he did it but she for the first you know 10 minutes of the movie she's going on and on about how much she had a bad relationship with him and didn't you know they didn't really get along and then he, she didn't even really know him and i'm like then why would he leave you why would he leave you the house if that's the relationship <laughs> you guys have it's so stupid Ugh. and then at the end it's a uh, finn wolfhart mckenna grace really like podcast um, there's another character who works at a diner and that's pretty much it. And it's just the, the love interest of Finn Wolfhart's character. And she was a great actress. Don't get me wrong. I thought she was excellent. She looks identical to China and China and McLean from, uh, what was that movie? What was that show called on Disney? There was anyways. Oh, and farm and farm is what it was called. Hmm. Um, identical. They might be related, but she was fine, but her character, like just the love interest, she worked at a diner and that was pretty much it. And it was just like, okay, like she's, why is she important? And at the end, she's wearing one of the Ghostbuster suits and she has one of the ectoplasm guns and she's shooting it. And I'm like, so this is your first time ever using this. And you're just all of a sudden an expert. <laughs> like, I'm not going to go pick up a rifle and go hunting and be an expert and know how to use it. Like, I, I don't know. Like, let alone something that catch that, that can catch ghosts. Like it just, this film is sloppy. 
pacing was okay. pacing was good in the first half, horrible in the second half. I was so bored. I kept looking at my phone, just wanted it to end. I hated this movie. I did not like it. Why it was made, probably for money. I know it pretty much killed the box office, so good for them. But, you know, unless if you're like a diehard Ghostbusters fan, which is a very, I, as the older, the, you know, the older I get, the more I realize it's a very tight group, very niche group. Yeah. Because not every, like my mom is was the prime age whenever Ghost, she was like a teenager when Ghostbusters came out. Perfect, right? It's that perfect movie between kid and teen and teen and adult. It's that right, it's that sweet spot where adults, teens, and kids can all love it. So she was the perfect age. She was right in the middle. And she didn't really care for Ghostbusters. So, I don't know. Cool. I mean, it's cool, I guess. There were some cool special effects, but not a fan of the film. Um, all right. Now let's do it, Brandon. I'm excited. And, I, and since, you know, I've been yapping, I want to. I want you to start off because I have my opinions on this film. And, and they're, they're negative, but I, do, I did like the movie. But mm-hmm. before we get into my opinion, I, I want to start off with yours. So what? go ahead and just give me a rundown on your thoughts, how you're feeling. Uh, Brandon's take on King Richard with Will Smith. Yes, yes. Tommy, as always, you did incredible with these movie reveal, reviews that I haven't even seen. But uh, yeah, let's just tackle this real fast. So just for those who don't know, King Richard is a movie about uh, Serena Williams and Venus Williams father richard richard williams the guy that really started it all the legends of those two tennis players mm-hmm. two one of which is considered the greatest of all time so it's a really cool film coming of age film because i mean uh, i i've been seeing a lot of flack about it like saying like it was a little bit too early to make a film about this mm-hmm. but i I have to say I was very impressed with – so I'll start with the positives, things that I liked, and then I'll talk about the negatives. I'm going to okay. sound a little bit like Tommy today, so I'm excited. Mm-hmm. So I'm actually going to break this down as a film. The acting was the best part about this film. Will Smith killed it as always. It's not mm-hmm. even It's not even a uh, question anymore. The girls that played Venus and Serena Williams were incredible actresses. They played them exactly. I mean, I've seen film about of Serena and Venus Williams. I played tennis for a lot of years, so I saw them mm-hmm. around. I saw, well, not actually saw them, but like I've seen tapes of them, you know. Mm-hmm. And they played them very well. And the great, cool thing is, is that these girls learned how to play tennis in three weeks to be able to uh, get this part. Yeah, and play and perform the way they needed to perform. And I thought. I thought that was great. And yeah. they did a great job playing tennis. That was really cool. And then mother, I forgot her name. She was great too. So thing across the board makes this film just pretty and it was pretty hard not to watch because it was just that much fun of a film. But now I'll get to the negatives, things that I didn't like. Oh, okay. Well I I'll have one more thing, things I've liked that I liked. I definitely liked the, how it kind of stayed true to source material mm-hmm. and in some ways, but I didn't like it in some ways. And here's why I didn't like it. And, and it transitions perfectly to the negative things that I found about this movie mm-hmm. was I felt that it was a little bit dragged. It was just, I mean, 
it's a great story. Don't get me wrong. I love it. I feel like this movie, this story wasn't meant for a movie screen. Mm, okay. So just a lot of dynamics going at play here in this movie. First of all, like the movie starts and the girls are already pretty good to start out. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, well, where's all the training? Like, where's the big training montage that, like, you know, of like all these girls getting better? But it seemed they were already ready to go. Yeah. Which is interesting because, I mean, you have to do that with true stories like this, especially lifelong ones, like in this case. But I just don't think this movie was meant to be put. It just, it just wasn't. Because there's too much of too many time gaps, and the the thing about time back, uh, uh, sorry, what was the word that I just said? The thing in time back timeline. Yeah, yeah. Fast forwarding in time, I'll say it like that. When when you do that, it's really hard to do that. In in my opinion, audio uh, biographies telling a story about a true story. Mm-hmm. I think that's very tough to pick when to do a fast forward. When in in like a movie like Infinity War, like a fictional movie, like that was fine. That that actually worked out really well. But for this movie, it just didn't work out. You couldn't pick any time to fast forward to for it to make sense. Yeah. So that's the thing. And then Tommy, it's actually one thing that you pointed the way they portrayed, and this is of will smith at all it's the it's at the fault of the writers of this movie so okay probably will smith will smith definitely wrote this but um the way they made this character like king richard richard williams Mm -hmm. it just made him very unlikable yeah i know i was dancing around it but like that's what i'm that's what i'm saying it's like they kind of made him a little too much like, come to think of it, he was like the LeVar, LeVar Ball was around, you know? Yeah, that's a good point. Like, that's how that's how he talked about his daughters. He talked very highly of great, but he just they just made him look like he was very unlikable. When really, mm-hmm. like, I asked my dad about it, he was very well-liked. Like, people liked him. They thought he was charismatic and cool, but the way they portrayed him in the movie, it made it seem like everyone he came across with, they all had a problem with him. Yeah. But yeah, so that's okay. that's my takes on it. I definitely want to hear you. I went a little long, but no, oh, yeah, that's what, I what are what are your thoughts about the movie? Yeah, so <clears throat> really, we have pretty similar thoughts, which is good. Um, as far as pacing goes, which is the most important thing in my opinion, if you have, you know, you know, Lord forbid, bad acting, a bad script, a bad score, if your pacing of your film is excellent, I can get behind that movie. That is my number one thing as a film critic and a future filmmaker. So, pacing for this movie, and 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 we're not. I mean, I bring that up because bad acting, a bad script, like that's not applying to King Richard. That's just a general thing. The acting, of course, is incredible. Uh, and I, you know, I, I think I think Will Smith is incredible. Come on, I, you know, he's really going for the Oscar. It's kind of cringy because you know it's an Oscar bait performance, and he'll probably get it. I think Andrew Garfield should get it though. For not only uh, for either Tick Tick Boom or Tammy Faye, right? Or but Tick Sp- Tick Boom, <laughs> or <laughs> or Spider Man No Way Home, right? But uh, so it's it's a little cringe because I know that Will Smith is just putting on 
this performance for an Oscar, but it was good. And that's good. And that's what I want. So it, whatever, right? My, my issue is um, the first half of this film, I was, I was ready. I was in it, man. I was like, okay, let's do this. Let's do this. Like I was rolling. I wasn't, you know, falling asleep. I wasn't on my phone. I watched, I watched this and Ghostbusters back to back at the theater uh, in the theater. So I sat in a theater and wasn't very packed. The audience was still cool. You know, they laughed and there's it was good reactions. Um, but yeah, the second half of this movie, I don't know. It just, it's really what gave, it was like a turning point. And it is like it turned from fun and heartfelt to, you know, a serious sports story. And it followed the, the sports cliche movies, you know, techniques that we see all the time. A young character, they're struggling a bit. They have someone who's hard on them. They start to overcome those struggles. They maybe lose a game or two and then they, they start to succeed. And then they go to the finals of whatever sport they're playing and then they play really good. And then they're, coach that was a jerk to them really just loves them and has a love for the game he was abused when he was young and and then he is crying they're both crying and they go out and they win the game in the end right <laughs> like you just summed up facing the giants you know <laughs> the titans. friday night remember lights. the titans friday night. Yeah, remember the tit- <laughs> like literally every sports movie is like that right I'm, i i can't make this up i've um and king richard follows a lot of those tropes and that's an issue for me but I like that there was African-American representation in it. I really appreciated that because the only film besides that that I've seen in recent years was a 42 Jackie Robinson, mm-hmm. which is an excellent film. And it does not follow. It, it follows those tropes a bit, but it like perfects it. So I, it's okay. Plus Chadwick Boseman, the goat, right? Yeah. Um, it, I, I appreciated that. I think Venus and Serena are awesome athletes. Very interesting to look at. Very cool. Um, I, I also liked, and I wouldn't say this is a spoiler, you know, if you think this is going to be, if you don't even want to know anything about the movie, cover yours for two seconds and then lift them up or take your fingers out. But, uh, I liked how this movie, I'm going to say it now, I liked how this movie was really about Venus. Mm-hmm. It wasn't, it wasn't about Serena. It was about Venus. And, and for with, when you, you know, there's a film talking about the daughters, you know, of Richard Williams, who is, who has produced two of you know, two of the greatest female tennis players of all time, you think the spotlight's going to be on Serena the entire time because she's arguably the greatest tennis player of all time. Um, so it's like, oh, yeah, why would the spotlight not be on Serena, right? It's like between right. between Leangelo Ball and LaMelo Ball, you would think that a movie, like, you would it would, it would shine its light on LaMelo, but it shows Leangelo's upbringing. So I really like that. I like that a lot. Will Smith is great. I think the star of the show is the girl who played Venus. I do. Mm-hmm. I think she. Was I think she was perfect. A lot like the real, the real thing that was the real Serena. It looked a lot yeah. like her as the kid. Yeah, yeah. The, those child actors were incredible, and it was a fun, heartfelt family drama. Um, it was fun, fun time. Go and see it definitely because I think, I, I think right now it's actually sitting second on everyone's like Oscar predictions. Not wow. that it should win, but I think it's sitting second, which I think is way too high, but you know, to each their own, I guess. Um good film though. It's got its flaws. It makes King Richard it makes Richard Williams look like a jerk. It follows the similar mo- sports movie tropes. Um but 
it was cool. It was a cool tennis movie, and there and it does it does swing a little outside of those tropes. And when it does, I liked it, and I had fun, and I was smiling, I was laughing, crying, smiling, all the good stuff. Not really, but like you know what I'm saying. So, mm-hmm. good film. Go and see it. And we're doing great on time. Only 20 minutes, 28 minutes in. So maybe this is the season where we get it right with our timing. Um, <laughs> no rush. You know, we want it's quality over, you know, quantity. But uh, still, it's just nice to know we have a lot of time because this topic is it could take a while, could not take a while. But this is going to be our final topic, um, kind of combined into two. <clears throat> but you guys know what's coming. Come on now. Spider-Man No Way Home tickets came out. Yes, for us here in Texas, uh, last night, so November 29th at 11 p.m. Mm-hmm. And uh, shout out my coworker Chris. If you're listening to this, Chris, thank you for getting me tickets. I don't know how you did it. You must have just had good Wi-Fi or some sort of plug um, because I was able to snag two tickets. Uh, but I was trying to get two t- tickets of my own before she helped me out and i was sitting in a line for i started at 11 p.m i didn't get off the phone until about 2 33 it was ridiculous just trying to get two tickets for no way home um so let's chat about it here and here's why i wanted to talk about spider-man no way home i'm on reddit probably my favorite app t- for uh news and i see this right here um what the heck Sorry, it went away. Okay, right here. Spider-Man No Way Home will have at least 15 million in domestic pre-sales within first 24 hours. Wow. So if it, let's say no, if no one else goes to see this movie except the people that bought tickets, the film already made 15 million dollars in the box office. Like, and for and just to give you guys perspective, and Brandon knows this movie too because we saw it together. The last duel. And last night in Soho, those films made about four million in the box office total. Goodness, yeah, and those are great films. But that is just like, what? How do you feel hearing that statistic, Brandon? Are you surprised? Not surprised? Are you in, like, what does that? What does that mean for you, man? For me, as a Marvel fan, it just what it means to me is I'm ready to be a part of history again. I mean, this movie, yeah definitely has the makings of a historic box office weekend and beyond that i think this is going to be a film that people are going to want to go watch it again and again and again that's just what's going to happen and i'm so excited for it um i'm at the point now you and i have discussed it i'm at the point now like if truly if andrew garfield's statements regarding him not being in the film are true. I'm not going to be mad because they like you, we heard it in veggie tales growing up A thankful heart is a happy heart. And I'm going to be thankful because at the end of the day, we're getting a lot of villains from these old movies, the same actors who were way out of their prime, like Alfred Merlina. Like I know he's a great actor. He's, it's past his time now, you know, and it's just crazy to think that a lot of these actors are coming back and it's just going to be great. And I'm so excited. It's really going to be eye candy for everybody who goes to watch this film, especially for Marvel fans. 
Yeah. And, and it's interesting because this movie is only in theaters. You have to go see it in the theaters. Um, gosh, this is incredible. So, yeah, that statistic blew my mind. I was like, gosh, we got to talk about that tonight. So, little little tidbits for you. Uh, Marvel's Eternals. So, surprise, surprise, another Marvel film. Uh, so far, has had the best 24-hour total post-pandemic at 2.7 million. Um, meaning... Within the first 24 hours, there were 2.7 million pre-sales sold for Eternals, which is really good. And a lot of people, like, that was definitely, besides, obviously, Spider-Man, that was the film, well, you could argue that Shang-Chi was. Um, but Eternals was just something different, and people knew that. And maybe the the critics swayed people from, you know, that making a bit more money. Um, but it was kind of the film that everyone was looking at because they kind of knew that Shang-Chi was different and it was going to be a good film, but they didn't know about Eternals. So uh, that's an interesting tidbit. Um, in 2019, Spider-Man Far From Home made $3 million, uh pre-sale. So not Oof. a lot, but you got to remember that's, you know, post-pandemic. So people are kind of just used to going up to the theater, you know. Yeah, but oh, and you got to remember Sony got screwed over by... Uh, Marvel Disney mm-hmm. because this Far From Home came out right after Endgame. Yep, exactly. So people were excited to see it, but I mean, like the excitement of going to the theater had already passed, and that was when mm-hmm. Endgame came out. Yeah, it was basically just the remains of the storm. Um, and then the, I, I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think this is wrong because I've seen the statistic a lot, but I know it's just important. The record right now for most pre-sales is Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker, which was also in 2019, and it is just over 17 million. Wow. And that's a, within the first 24 hours, if I am not mistaken. Could be just total. Um, yeah. So, And this is pre-sales. I think the, MC, is, I think the MCU all around. One day, sorry, sorry to talk over you, but no, no, no. Uh, yeah, go ahead. But I, I think though it'll get there one day. But Star Wars fan base is just different. Like it, I think every single time, well, one of the mainline uh, movies, like uh, out of the trilogies, they've broken records every single time. So mm. MCU will pass Star Wars one day. Mark my words, it'll happen. Mm. Oh, okay, so. Uh, to go along with what you were saying, I just looked it up. Um, so the number one record for 24-hour pre-sales is Avengers Endgame with 40 million. Are you wow. surprised? Come on. It, it, I'm surprised yeah, that, that's a lot of money. That was a di- yeah, that was different, but like this will be the first time this will be the first time for Marvel to have a big pre-sale event for uh, a movie besides Avengers. Yeah. Yep. So this is pretty huge. Big opportunity mm-hmm. because it's like so Star Wars started doing side projects like Rogue One and the Han Solo movie. Imagine if they made like yeah. just out in which they did. They made good money. Yeah. Imagine if they made as much as making and the same with uh Endgame and Infinity yeah. War. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it you know. They have they've had their fair share of fun, you know. Marvel's kind of running the game now, but Star Wars has said, "Hey, we're not finished." You know, we got the book of Boba Fett, 
and a few more Star Wars projects coming up. I believe a Chloe Zhao Star Wars project is in the works as well, which is interesting because she just she just did Eternals. But um, yeah, so the so the number one record for twenty four hour pre sales is Avengers Endgame with forty million. Uh, that's a high number, so that shocks me. But the movie does not. Endgame is like the biggest thing ever. Um, but second, Spider Man No Way Home is second. Um, wow! Within eighteen hours. It has grossed, let me see, it doesn't say, I believe, right now it's saying that the regional data is trickling in at around 30 million. Goodness freaking gracious. So I know in, I said it made 15 million in 24 hours, that was confirmed, uh, but that was also, you know, for counting 24 hours of uh, the 29th, the entire day of the 29th, it finally ended off at 30 million wow this is my live reaction and this is freaking crazy dude oh my gosh okay that's insane bro it might it, it's getting close to endgame if it beats endgame i think that's just freaking crazy and then third is star wars the force awakens i don't see i don't see any data with the with the force awakens hmm. mm-hmm but then I do see data for Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker, which made 18 million in 24 hours, and that's sitting at fourth. And then fifth is The Last Jedi. Look at that, Brandon. So, wow, yeah, first and second, like Endgame, then No Way Home, and then third, Force Awakens, Rise of Skywalker, Last Jedi. <laughs> so, okay, absolutely. Um, oh, man, this is exciting stuff, y'all. And I'm not even a Marvel guy, but this is this is just wild. What a time to be alive. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. Um, the, the numbers are, you know, I and I, I'm in the uh, box office subreddit, and there's a lot of experts in there, and they're saying they're not, they're not quite confident in this number. They think it could range from anywhere from 150 million to 250 million uh, opening weekend. So I can't. I will obviously update you guys once we have like a more definitive estimate. But they're saying right now the safe bet would be about 170 million opening weekend, um, which beats so many movies by a mile. I believe Venom. Wow. Venom made 90 million. I'm not sure if it was opening weekend at all time. But uh, yeah, guys, so this movie is going to be big. And that's just something. I mean, this is hot this week. Like we're updating you guys on, you know, what's going on. And like, this is what's going on. <laughs> this is it right here, you know. So cool stuff there. Really cool statistics. And uh, I'm glad Brandon's a Marvel guy so he can get excited with me. And then lastly, guys, so Marvel, um, I just asked Brandon to kind of give myself included because I have I personally have not seen every single Marvel movie. I've only I've seen a good, very good chunk, but not every single movie um, in the MCU. But I've asked Brandon to kind of give us, whether it be five seconds or five minutes, uh, everything that we need to know slash like what we need to watch before No Way Home to get us prepared. Mm. So, Brandon, if you're ready, go ahead and take the floor. Absolutely. So, uh, I don't think. I think it's very fair to say that you have to see pretty much all the Avengers movies, every Spider-Man movie you've seen, uh, every Spider-Man movie in those. And then also the Spider-Man movies that have come out before. I think that's very important as well. Like that's, 
that's going to be huge because mm-hmm. the potentially we don't know yet. Andrew Garfield, Toby Maguire, the previous Spider Men, their role roles in this movie. So you're going to need the, to know their stories. So that's definitely important to watch. So watch those. And then here's here's another important thing. Um, if you haven't been paying attention to the Disney Plus series, you might want to kind of watch a few episodes, maybe not a few episodes, but maybe a catch up or just a summary of the entire series. Of what series? Uh, uh, of each series, especially WandaVision and oh, okay. Loki. Important because this is what Mar- Marvel's doing. Marvel. Uh, started out with the basics, which is the Infinity Saga, which is just the Infinity Stones, the stories behind them. Because every movie, there's been, except for the Soul Stone, there was a movie for pretty much all the stones. And some of them had multiple. But in this case, though, it's very important to make sure you know what's going on going into this because it's I mean it's going to confuse you because it's a new matter it's it's the multiverse it's what mm-hmm. it's dealing with it, it literally tells us in the trailer and this is why all these things are happening this is why all these characters are coming from out of nowhere you know so yeah. that's what's happening so because they made the amazing Spider-Man in the original Spider-Man movies uh they didn't make it with this in mind. This is just coinciding with it. It's just, they're like, oh, this is a good way to introduce more Spider-Man characters. And honestly, this is probably what brought Marvel Sony back to the MCU. Because there was mm. a few for a while, if y'all remember. Mm. There was a small bit where we there was a chance that Tom Holland would never come back as Spider-Man. Which was really scary. I, I did not want that to happen. But no. anyways, to more focus, it deals with the multiverse. So uh, catch up with stuff on um, with Loki. Loki deals with the multiverse. Uh, something happens at the end of Loki that really connects with this movie. With this movie. And it's, and it's obvious. Like, I'll go ahead and spoil it. It's the splitting of the multiverse. And it's very hard to explain, but the show actually does a pretty good job of explaining that. So that's important, along with WandaVision, because uh, the uh, the Scarlet Witch in that show, Wanda, is going to be in S- Doctor Strange's movie, which is right after Spider-Man No Way Home, coming out next year. So, yeah, and... In a tidbit, that's pretty much what you need to be expecting. That's what you need, be, need to be looking for uh, in this film. Uh, I'm excited. I think it's going to be great. But uh, if you get confused, just listen to this guy that I just said. So I'll just lay it down for y'all. Watch all the movie, all the Spider-Man movies. Watch the main lines movies that Peter Parker's our Peter Parker is in. And then do a little bit of research on the multiverse in the MCU for Phase 5. Because that's very important if you are to understand the gravity of what's going on. <laughs> because it's going to be 
Like, that's the whole theme of the movie. It's like, what just happened? Like, what is going on? Like, it's going to be nuts. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, there's, to wrap it up with a bow, I'm very excited for this film. And it's going to be incredible. And I hope y'all are too. Tommy, does that pre- kind of answer your question as to what you need to watch? Mm-hmm. So, it kind of sounds like a lot. Um, which, thank you. First of all, thank you for doing that and taking your time to do that because this is important. So time's a little limited now. We've only, I mean, it's the 30th right now. Um, The movie comes out December 16th on Thursday. So between now and then, you know, we've only got two and a half weeks. It sounds like watch all five Spider-Mans before Tom Holland's. That's a must. I have not seen Doctor Strange yet. Should I see Doctor Strange? Do I need to see? Uh, yeah, I would watch that just to understand Doctor Strange's powers and his origins, because uh, it actually does talk about the multiverse in that sh- in that movie. So, lots of connections there. So, yes, watch that too. Okay, That's definitely important. Okay, sweet. So the previous Spider Man's Doctor Strange. Try and watch. Should I watch the last episode of Loki? Should I watch? Try and watch all of it. The the last. See that half, it's half. a long series. It's six episodes. And they're each pretty much an hour long, I think. So try to just look up a YouTube, to, uh, like a summary of that show, because you need Disney Plus, And I don't know if you, have, if you yeah. or the audience has Disney Plus. So just look it up on YouTube just to get an understanding of what's happening there. Because there's a very important villain that comes out of Loki at the end. And he's going to be in Ant-Man, Quantumania, and many other... Uh, Marvel projects, so very important. Okay, cool. Okay, sweet. And then you know, one division. If, if you have extra time, check out one division. But if you were to rank them, the importance, it sounds like you know, at the bottom, one division, third, Lo- or third, Doctor Strange, second is Loki, yep, first is the the previous Spider Man's. I would, yeah, it, it, it's a it's a those top two. Uh, the Spider-Man movies and Loki, those are the two most important. So I wouldn't even rank those. I w- those are the two musts. Okay. To uh, full to fully understand this movie without going into the theater and going, what on earth is going on here? You know. Yeah, that multiverse. Because I've tried to get into it, and that multiverse stuff is just. I I won't be rude, but it is. I I just hope it all. Yeah, it all. Uh, and Marvel, Marvel is very good. Is worth because it at, because at the end of the day, Marvel knows not everybody has Disney Plus, so they're going to explain it well. They explain time travel very well in Endgame, how it works in there. Yeah, I, it it made really like I know they kind of butchered it a little bit for us with Hulk explaining it, but I mean it ended up working. Like it made sense to me. I was like, oh, okay, that's how it works here. So that so I think they'll do a similar thing. Doctor Strange will probably mansplain some stuff about the multiverse because he's an expert at it. So um yeah. Very excited for this film. Are you Tommy? You know I am, man. I am. I you know, I sound like a broken record, but you know, a guy like me who's been very critical of Marvel, if I can say that this is easily uh one of the films I'm most excited for in the next couple of weeks, then you know what's going to be important because we got, we still got a lot. We got Licorice Pizza. I'm watching Come On, Come On this Thursday, the new A24 movie. 
Uh, yeah, Paul Thomas Anderson's Licorice Pizza. We've got The Tragedy of Macbeth on Christmas. Uh, I think it comes out a little bit early in the, earlier in the theaters. Another A24 movie directed by the Coen brothers. And then Red Rocket, another smaller A24 movie. So, oh, and, and The Humans. Like, we have four really big A24 movies left within this small little time frame of 2021. We only really got a month left, as well as Licorice Pizza. So, you know, things are going to... Things are going to get pretty hectic, man. My Oscar and I've been preparing my list for you guys for months now. Gosh, I'm so excited to get to my get to my top films and my Oscar predictions. But regardless, um, that's what's hot this week. Let us know what's hot this week for you guys and your world. We're hoping it's uh, similar to ours because we try to cover uh, what's hot this week for uh, the general audience, right? Like what's what's hot for everyone. What you should be paying attention to and. Uh, great episode you know all killer no filler had a lot of fun with this one um you know guys if you have if you've gotten your spider-man tickets let us know if you haven't you know let us know too are you gonna get them are you gonna wait are you an opening night kind of guy are you gonna wait till the week after when things calm down let us know we want some interaction with you guys so yeah if you're just a word of advice if y'all are a uh kind of person the second kind of person tommy mentioned uh, those who'd like to wait, turn off your phones. People are going to yeah. spoil it, especially on TikTok. I personally deleted it. Get off of TikTok if you don't want this movie spoiled. Like yep. that TikTok is a hub for spoilers. So that's mm-hmm. my expert advice on that. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a really good point, actually, because I need to do that. <laughs> I mean, I'm going, I'm watching it at a, so I'm watching it for anyone that cares, 645 on Thursday. December 16th. If all goes well in my life, you know, if all in my life adds, you know, leads up to that point where I don't have to work and I, I've got a full tank of gas, cars running smooth, then yes, I will be seeing the film. All right, guys, it's, we're about to, we just, okay, there we go. We just hit the 50 minute mark. Um, so we're going to let you guys go. Hopefully it didn't feel like 50 minutes because to me it did not. So hopefully for y'all, it felt, you know, for you guys. Um, but we appreciate each and every one of you, Brandon and I. Um, so that being said, my name is Thomas Hicks. And I'm Brandon Matula. Matula. We will see you guys in a couple days. Bye. Come ready and for sports. Sports. Yes, sports. <laughs>